This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Primetime Money on Zoomer Radio with Richard Infantino is a paid program. When personal investments exceed personal goals and the retirement fund is bigger than your retirement dreams is when you know you're ready for prime time. Welcome to Primetime Money on Zoomer Radio with Richard Infantino, Senior Investment Advisor with RBC Wealth Management. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Canada's only money show dedicated to those of you 50-plus in your overall investment, tax, and estate planning, and your direct link to all of North America's top money managers with the best ideas on how you can grow your money. And we have a great show for you today. Two great guests coming up. Stephen Kim, who is a portfolio manager with IA Clarington, and also joining us is Vishal Patel from Dynamic Funds. Both of them are going to be talking about the great opportunities available today in Canada's stock market. But first, I have an outstanding guide for you. It's called the 2022 Financial Planning for Those 65. Why 65? Because certain financial planning strategies are only available for those who turn 65. Here's the sections. There's a section on income splitting, which includes pension splitting, spousal RSPs and RIFs, pension sharing. There's tax minimization strategies like your forgotten RSP contribution, tax-free savings account, using your spouse's age for RIF withdrawals, all of the government benefits, old age security, Canada pension plan, tax credits for age, tax credits for pensions, trust planning, and there's two kinds, inter vivos trust and testamentary trust, gifting, so you can gift assets, uh, in-kind donations of publicly traded securities, and charitable remainder trusts. There's also a section on estate planning, so U.S. estate taxes, how to choose your executor, uh, beneficiary designations, and there's a lot more. You know what's best on our show all the time? It's free for the asking. All you have to do is call Dominique now or after the show, 1-866-891-2637. That's 1-866-891-2637 for the 2022 Financial Planning Strategies for those 65+. plus. It's a great resource, and you should get yours now. Okay, this Canadian stock market is actually one of the top-performing stock markets in the world. But what are the best areas to invest in right now? Stay right there. Stephen Kim of IA Clarington will join us to give us his best ideas. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Money. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Richard Infantino and Primetime Money. And joining us now is Stephen Kim. He's a portfolio manager of the QV Canadian Small Cap and Mid Cap Funds and the IA Clarington Canadian Small Cap Class. Good morning, Stephen. Thanks for uh, joining us here on the show. Well, thanks for having me. And uh, it looks like the show's been around for close to 30 years, so you've been doing something right. I really appreciate <laughs> the time to join the team. Oh, no problem. Um, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about the, your firm is called uh, QV Investors, and uh, you're a sub-advisor for IA Clarington Canadian Small Clap Class. Now, QV, this stands for Quality and Value. But what does quality and value mean when it comes to, you know, analyzing companies that you put into your mutual fund? Thanks for the question. That's a really important one. Uh, Quality and value are both equally important parts of our investment process, and we think lead to attractive client outcomes over time. And we could maybe think of them as the meat and potatoes of our investment philosophy or beliefs. And by quality, what we mean is buying companies that can survive 
and thrive the test of time and make it through various business cycles. But that's only half the process. When we think about value, what we need is you want to be buying things at a discount to what you think they're worth after you've done your homework. You think about the best time to get a deal on a car or a house is when you have a motivated seller. And so we're looking for those opportunities in the market. Um, ultimately, price you pay for business matters. And if you overpay for a business, your returns are going to be lower in the future and you're more likely to lose money. So hope that gives you a sense of what we're uh, really driving at when we say quality and value. Yeah, I think that's, you know, you know, look at everything, that's that's what you're looking for. You know, in investing, there tends to be a phenomenon called reversion to the mean. You know, I talk about this a lot, too, myself. You know, for much of the last, you know, 10, 12 years, the U.S. market outperformed the Canadian market. Today, the Canadian market is outperforming the U.S. market. Is it just about, you know, uh, the ex- the energy exposure, or is there something else in play in terms of the valuation of the companies? That's also a really important question as we think about the path going forward. And as we think about that path going forward, looking back at the past is helpful. And as you've highlighted, energy has been a weak spot for Canada for a long time. And as we think about the scenario go forward, uh, a lot of unexpected outcomes with higher prices. So we do think that Canada is positioned better than it was in the past in terms of uh, prospective outlook on the, the market overall, with earnings being driven by uh, energy prices helping out uh, many companies uh, in Canada. The other aspect to keep in mind is that interest rates have been very low for a long time mm-hmm. in the past, and they are just now starting to increase. So when we think about what that means to the U.S., perhaps in comparison, they are quite a bit more heavy in IT uh, and perhaps growth stocks. And they, it is a market that has been well supported by lower interest rates. As we think about higher interest rates go forward, that could mean potentially uh, lower valuations and lower returns for much of that space. So. Again, it's another factor we're considering just as we step back and look at the conditions for both markets. We think it seems like a pretty favorable setup for Canada, but uh, fully recognizing um, we're we're probably got a bit of a home bias and patriots here. So I just wanted to give you a sense of how we're thinking about geographies and valuation. Yeah, it's important when you look at, you know, when the listeners are looking at indexes, you look at the constituents of the index and the, and, the, and the percentages that they make up of those indexes, you know, make, make up a big difference like you're talking about in terms of, uh, you know, technology and healthcare and growth companies in the United States compared to what we have here in Canada. You know, some of the listeners now, they're going to hear small cap investing. They think it's uh, about risky businesses. But your strategy, like, has a 25-year track record of success and businesses in your funds have lower debt levels and they pay dividends, which, uh, you know... On this show, we always talk about dividends. And when you think of small companies, you think, you know, of course, they're not going to pay dividends, but they do, don't they? And they have steady businesses. Give us some examples of some of the companies in your portfolio and uh, why you're invested in them. Yeah, this is really important feature of our process and fun to highlight. And as we think about the Canadian small cap space, uh, perhaps what's conjured up in the minds of listeners is, you know, that speculative junior goal 
or oil and gas producer um, just comes readily to mind. But if we start with the general and we think about the portfolio over time, as you've mentioned over the past 25 years, 80% of the holdings have paid a dividend over time. And that's really driven by our thinking about both uh, the return side of things and the risk side of things. And we're not just looking for kind of the, the shiny objects or flashes in the pan, but looking for more solid businesses that can grow over time through good and bad times. And that leads us to businesses like Stella Jones, okay. uh, which is one of our larger holdings in the fund. Uh, what they are is that one of the leading North American railway tie and utility pole producers uh, in North America. So chances are, if you're driving down the street, one out of three or one out of two railway ties or utility poles are, are going to be provided by Stella Jones. And uh, utility poles and railway ties might not get you or the listeners excited, but what we are excited about is being able to own these boring, under-the-radar businesses that are cheap. And, for example, Stella Jones would trade at something like a 30% discount uh, to the Canadian small cap market um, because it's just not as attractive um, and various other reasons. So it is the kind of company that we're looking for and uh, has been in the fund over time relative to some of the more speculative uh, junior producers that can be out there, which uh, can offer a lot of torque, but also you can think about the risk side of things. Yeah, I just... Um I'm a, I'm a firm believer in Stella Jones because I had just had to buy uh, 15 of the railway ties to hold up my hill. So, yeah, so I, yeah I'm a believer. Believe that. Uh, yeah, that's a great. That's a great story because you know I've been doing this for a long time. Like like we said, Stephen, and uh, and we've talked about Stella Jones, and it continues to make money year in and year out, and uh, continues to do well. It, I'm I'm glad you're familiar with them. And, yeah, uh, it, it gives gives us a little bit of uh, help to um, give you a bit more information. We followed the business for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, at what point it was a darling, um, and then it was. And uh, we, we do think it's a much better opportunity than it was in times when it was trading 20 to 25 times earnings uh, from a trade-to-earnings basis. And we think the new CEO, uh, we've known him for a long time because the former CFO, and we feel he has a real head on his shoulders, um, and he's just going to be focused on um, maximizing returns on the free cash they generate, which is abundant, mm-hmm. um, and deploy it in a way that is going to improve the business and not put the business at risk. And that's really what's important to us. Yeah, that's great, great, great idea there, Steve. Thanks for um, taking the time to join us here today. I really appreciate it. Well, no, thank you again for, for having us and um, uh, really appreciate the time to, to share some thoughts and hope they were helpful for you and for your listeners. Yeah, hopefully we can get you on again real soon too, Stephen. Well, look, look forward to it. Okay, you take care. Bye. Okay, that was uh, Stephen Kim. He's a portfolio manager with IA Clarington. Remember, commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses may all be associated with mutual fund investments. Distributions are not guaranteed and they may fluctuate. Please read the prospectus before you invest. Mutual funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. This show is sponsored in part by IA Clarington. Okay, let's stay right here with the Canadian market and get some more ideas from Vishal Patel. He's a vice president and portfolio manager at Dynamic Funds. I'm Richard Infantino and you're listening to Primetime Money.
Okay, we're back. You're listening to Richard Infantino and Primetime Money. And today we're fortunate to hear from Vice President and Portfolio Manager Vishal Patel of Dynamic Funds. He's the lead manager of a number of equity and balanced growth-oriented mutual funds. And throughout his more than 17 years of uh, industry experience, he's covered a broad range of companies across multiple industries, focusing on deep fundamental analysis to select best-in-class sustainable growth companies. Vishal has been recognized with numerous industry awards, including two Lipper Awards in 2021. Hey, good morning, Vishal. Thanks for uh, joining us here on the show today. Great. Thanks for having me. You know, inflation has certainly been uh, gaining momentum, and many investors are curious about ways that they can position their investment portfolio to hedge against inflation. What should investors be investing in? Yeah, you know, inflation is an interesting question. It's a great question. It's a very topical question. Uh, And the word gaining momentum is interesting, but... You know, inflation has been around uh, for a very long, long, long period of time. You know, I grew up in Montreal, and, you know, there's no yeah. such thing as a bagel index, but the price of a bagel was, you know, 25 cents when I grew up. Then it was, you know, 50 cents, 75 cents. And you know, I was just in Montreal a couple of weeks ago, and it's a $1, 1.1, so a dollar uh, and 10 cents for a bagel. You know, so inflation is a monetary phenomenon. It's been around for a long period of time. So we shouldn't really be surprised uh, that we're seeing inflation now, the amount of inflation we're seeing right now, you know, that's something that we should be concerned about. Uh, but inflation has been around for a very long period of time. And if you look in history, you know, using the Canadian example, you know, we have dollar stores right now, but dollar stores used to actually, you know, dollar round was not even a dollar. It goes all the way from $1 to $2 to $5, uh, which tells you there's inflation. But it used to be $0.05 cents stores and $0.10 cents stores, you know, five and dimes. So, yeah, definitely there's inflation, uh, and it's definitely something uh, we're concerned about. Um, but this portfolio question and how we should be positioned from a portfolio perspective, um, you know, that's what we're here really to discuss, is this notion of pricing power. So how do you actually protect yourself against inflation? And what's the number one thing that you could look for uh, is, uh, you know, we look for companies uh, that are able to price their products, uh, raise prices over time. Uh, so we look for companies that uh, have pricing power. And if you're a company that has pricing power, uh, you should be able to do uh, extremely well in the long term. Yeah, you know what, uh, Vishal, Montreal does have the best bagels still, you know, regardless of, uh, you know, inflation that's taking place. I see that in your portfolio, you hold 40 to 50 companies in the portfolio. Can you share what types of things you look for when you're selecting stocks that fit in your portfolio? Like, what's important to you? Yeah, you know, so sticking to this inflation, because, you know, I'm not sure how we came up with this idea of talking about inflation, you know, because gas price is two bucks, so clearly everybody wants to talk about it. You know, when we're selecting companies, so it's great to say that, uh, you know, you're purchasing, you know, pricing power and, you know, you need to be able to price your products and you have inflation, but it's a little bit more complicated than that. And so, you know, when you think about competitive advantage, so we look for companies that have a competitive advantage. And one of the things um, to evaluate if a company has competitive advantage is this notion of pricing power. You know, can you raise prices? Can you raise prices over time? Um, And usually, historically, uh, the best way to be able to do that is to look for companies with strong brands. And, you know, I think Apple is a really strong brand. And, you know, so that's a company, you know, if you look at Apple, uh, you know, I believe, um, you know, an iPhone was, you know, 400 bucks, then 500 bucks. You know, I just think I, I got an iPhone 13 recently and it's $1,600. So, you know, this is a perfect yeah. example of pricing, pricing power, brands, ability to raise prices. But on the flip side, what we haven't talked about yet, and I think that that's also important, um, there's a lot of companies that can't just pass it through and, you know, cost inflation. So, you know, the expense line. So we've just been focused so far on the revenues. 
But on the expense side, you know, if your expenses are going up and you're not able to pass it through, I think that that's also important. Um, so there's some companies that have pass-through effects. There's some companies that don't have pass-through effect. Some companies have delays. So you definitely don't want to have this short-term margin compression uh, type scenario. Um, but overall, uh, whether you can pass prices today, tomorrow, or a year from now, uh, because you have a strong brand, because you have pricing power, you know, that's really what we're spending a lot of our time on. And, you know, that's where, you know, we sort of see uh, opportunity. Yeah, that's great. And uh, it's really important. And you've got to be very selective today. Um, are there any exciting opportunities that you're finding right now? Yeah, look, there's exciting opportunities all the time. You know, there's this idea that, uh, you know, there's no money to be made. You know, we're in the business yeah. of, uh, you know, making money for clients. But over the long term, right? So, you know, you know, when you talk about investment opportunities, I have no idea what the market's going to do next week, next month, next year. Um, but in the long term, you know, I'm, I'm extremely excited about, um, you know, the, the opportunities we're seeing out there. Um, and, you know, one of the, the big areas um, where I'm seeing a lot of opportunity right now you know, we just went through a pandemic, uh, a health crisis, but healthcare um, is, is is very important. You know, people are uh, getting older. Uh, you are seeing uh, as people get older, you know, the need for healthcare, the need for, you know, surgeries, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the need for um, more and more healthcare products as you age. So, healthcare and the healthcare sector overall uh, is an area where I'm extremely excited about for the long term. Um, you know, because we have this uh, aging population set uh, and, you know, we need to take care of our elderly and the cost of that uh, is going up. So, you know, speaking of medical costs, you know, I do think the cost of healthcare over time uh, and, you know, I know we live in Canada, but, you know, healthcare, healthcare costs in the U.S. is, uh, is definitely uh, extremely topical. But overall, I would say the biggest area of opportunity that I see over the next five, ten years uh, that excites me is uh, really uh, the healthcare sector. Okay, great. Uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. Can, can you tell? Let's talk a little bit about your fund now, the one that you manage there, the Dynamic Power Canadian Growth Fund. Tell us about what you're doing there. Yeah, so you know, um, we have a bunch of different funds, but uh, it's interesting you're asking about a specific one. But yeah. Power Canadian, um, you know, Power Canadian is an interesting fund because it's not just a Canadian fund; it's in the Canadian-focused uh, category. So, what okay. does Canadian-focused mean? It means that, uh, you know, 51% of the fund has to be in Canada, which it is, uh, and 49% of the fund can have foreign content. And so we use foreign content, um, you know, in that fund, and that's what I think makes it quite unique. Uh, That's why it's in the Canadian focus category, not just in the Canadian equity category. Mm -hmm. And so earlier I just mentioned that, you know, we like healthcare, right? So when you look in Canada, you know, there isn't that many healthcare companies. And so this ability to use foreign content, to add healthcare companies, I think is extremely important. You know, if you go out to, you know, Boston, Massachusetts, got a lot of healthcare companies. U.S. has a lot of healthcare companies. But, you know, healthcare um, in the United States is a way larger sector. Uh, you know, if you look at R and D, um, you know, it's all really happening in R and D budgets and you know the cost of healthcare. So there's a case to be made that the U.S. is actually paying uh, for the rest of the world's healthcare. Um, and so this is how we're sort of positioned. Is you know we have. You know, practically 40% exposure, uh, or you know, more or less, these are approximates. And I would say, uh, you know, we use the uh, the U.S. for healthcare and technology sector. You know, technology is another big sector in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we mentioned Apple earlier. You know, Apple's not based in Canada. Apple's based in Cupertino. Um, so that's how we're using um, the the sector mix and the geographical mix. Is uh, you know, we're looking at the U.S. for technology. We're looking at the U.S. for healthcare. But then, you know, when we think about Canada, you know, Canada is an amazing place. And, you know, we, you know this fund, 51% plus in Canada, you know, 
just think about Canadian banks. You know, we don't need to go to the U.S. to get Canadian banks. You know, we have some of the best banks, um, you know, probably in the world. Um, you know, if you think about the financial crisis, Canadian banks uh, have done extremely well. And uh, so, you know, there's Canadian banks. So you don't need to go to the U.S. to get Canadian bank exposure. Uh, you know, you can get Canadian banks in Canada. And so, you know, we have some very good banks. We also have, um, you know, great companies and entrepreneurs and founders uh, in Canada that we want to partner with. So there's tremendous opportunity, but that's how, how we sort of think about, uh, you know, the sector components, you know, technology, healthcare in the U.S., uh, financials, uh, you know, and, um, and industrials uh, in uh, Canada. Yeah, that's, um, that's great. Uh, you know, we have about a minute left here, uh, Vishal. Like, uh, in your opinion, who should invest in a fund? Can you describe, like, an ideal investor that um, the fund was designed for? Yeah, look, my parents own the fund. You know, we just talked okay. about, uh, you know, going to Montreal and getting bagels. And, you know, my dad just got a knee surgery. So, you know, everything we're talking about is actually quite real and at home. Going back to the first question, inflation, inflation protection. Um, you know, I've always viewed my job uh, or the view of any fund manager or owning equities is, you know, if you're deferring purchasing power now, you should have more purchasing power in the future. And, you know, one of the ways to do that is by owning high quality companies with pricing power. So, you know, I would say that, uh, you know, if you want to, um, you know, you could keep money under your mattress, but, you know, inflation is going to eat away at that. So, you know, I believe you need to do things uh, that are going to protect you against inflation. And, you know, I believe owning high-quality businesses, which we do, uh, that have purchasing power, uh, that have pricing power, um, should do uh, extremely well over the long term. And, uh, you know, the perfect client for me is, or, uh, you know, somebody to put money is, don't think quarter to quarter, don't think, I have no idea what we're going to do. Uh, think long term, look at the long term numbers and focus on the long term. Uh, yep. which is very hard to do, but uh, you know, focusing on the long term is really uh, the key here. That's great, Fischel. Uh I know you're busy, and uh, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day today to join us on the show, and uh, hopefully we can get you on again real soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I really enjoyed the, the conversation, and uh, you know, inflation is, uh, is a perfect topic. All right, you take care. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, that was Vishal Patel. He's a portfolio manager with uh, Dynamic Funds. Remember, this show is sponsored in part by Dynamic Funds. Dynamic Funds is a division of 1832 Asset Management LP. Commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund investments. Please read the prospectus before investing. Mutual funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated. Views expressed regarding particular market sector are the views of the individual only and do not necessarily represent the views of 1832 Asset Management LP. These views should be considered as an indication of a trading intent of the mutual fund or a hedge fund, nor are they a recommendation to buy or sell, nor should they be relied upon as investment advice. This show, again, is sponsored in part by Dynamic Funds. Wow, that went by fast. That's all the time that we have for today. Join us next week when we talk to Christine Manzer. She's from RBC Global Asset Management. And Sam Seif, he's the president and CEO of Purpose Investments, talks about how you can get income for life. Remember, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And our podcasts are on Apple Music and Spotify. See you next week, folks. I'm Richard Infantino, and this is Primetime Money. The strategies and advice during primetime money are provided for general guidance. Listeners should consult their own investment advisor when planning to implement a strategy. Interest rates, market conditions, special offers, tax rulings, and other investment factors are subject to change. Richard Infantino is an investment advisor with RBC Dominion Securities, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads.
Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.